0: This is it. Lions, Vikings, division on the line. Christmas Eve, let's break it down with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. It's Crossover Thursday.
1: You like it on three, one, two, three. You, you like
0: it. are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Lions fans. Welcome in, Vikings fans. It's Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Luke Braun. I do Locked On Vikings here with Matt Derry, who does Locked On Lions. Of course, this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Matt, it all comes from this. It's the NFC North season finale. (laughs) I haven't seen you in months. I know. They made us wait until late (laughs) December to talk.
1: You got a haircut. You got married. You're not sick anymore. Last yeah. time I saw Big you, age. I'm not married yet. That'll be. It's going to be two
0: weeks before Getting the draft. Married. I'm going to be. uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be an interesting month.
1: You were like um, sick as, you were sick as a dog last time I talked to you, and uh, here we are. You're like, oh man, back. you're healthy. You're looking good. Yeah, vital. I survived. Uh, and uh, let's talk about this for a second. Remember, we all made fun of you on the preview shows. Oh, Luke's Vikings are on the downside. Uh, da, da. Vikings are a playoff team right now. Look at you. Come on. Uh, Well, (laughs) we'll see. We got three (laughs) weeks left. So this is what's so interesting.
0: So this is this is game one of two for the division. Like could be right. So the Vikings are three games back with three to go. That's so the, the Lions are dormy. Win one Vikings lose one. It's over. And guess what? We play each other twice, so we all have all the control over our our own destiny, which actually I kind of like. It's like everybody. There's no excuses here. Nobody's waiting for help on anybody. Just win this game or lose this game. And that's going to be what determines things. Um, But Justin Jefferson was kind of asked about, like, well, where's your head at? You know, with all this wild card stuff. And they're like, wild card. We play the Lions twice. Ooh. We we can still take them out. Come on, I I like it, they're yeah. looking at the division, you know, and like yeah. why wouldn't they until they're completely eliminated from it? So is that where the Lions' heads are at, or are they going? Well, you know, we kind of just need to like steal one, and then we get the division. Now we're thinking playoffs.
1: No, they they've been focused, Luke, the whole year on win the division for the first time mm-hmm. in thirty years, nineteen ninety three. They've never won the North as it when it's been called the North, yep. and so their fo- yeah, their focus has been just win the division. Uh, they were asked about last Monday night with Seattle and Philly, if the Eagles would have held, held on, the Lions would have clinched a playoff spot. They don't care about clinching. Wild card, none of that. Just like Justin Jefferson said, the Lions' focus at the start of the year was, our goal is to win the division and host a playoff game, and that's where their focus is. And they know now they can go into Minnesota and win Sunday that um, they do it. So they've, they've been pretty even-keeled about the whole thing. I think, uh, I think that's really the the, the storyline now is to 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 win this thing, do it on the road, uh, they're indoors, which is good. Last road game they played was in Chicago two weeks ago, and it was a complete bleep show. So mm-hmm. they feel like they're playing good football again after, after Saturday night against Denver. And now I think they're all business.
0: And it's all going to be indoor golf too, right? Cause it's yes. two at home and one in us bank stadium, right? Yeah. Or, then, or, or, what, Dallas, e- no, or is Dallas. it
1: in Dallas? It's at actually. Dallas,
0: which is also yeah. indoors. So yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, so that takes the whole like outdoor golf thing. You don't have to talk about that until yeah. ostensibly the, uh, the, the divisional round of the playoffs. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what's funny about that is remember like going into the bears game two weeks ago, I was on the air all week going stop with indoor outdoor golf. Remember week 18 last year against green Bay. He out, out dueled Aaron yeah. in freezing cold. Then of course he goes to soldier field and he hands the ball to the bears all day. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I got a little egg in my face there, but yeah. Five touchdown passes and bouncing back uh, this past week. And Laporte is doing his thing. Uh, I think they feel like they're back in rhythm. And now let's see uh, how they how they defend uh, the Nick Mullins experience and, and the Vikings this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about the Vikings is, you know, I mean, we're reeling, right? Kirk Cousins goes down in the middle of the year, missing Justin Jefferson for half the season. Um, just trying to piece together whatever they can with whoever they have that week. They've got Brian O'Neill, who is once again figures to be a DNP. They just did a walkthrough on Wednesday, and so it's an estimation injury report is what I'm working with as of this recording, but he missed last week. We'll see. They're They're hopeful about getting Alexander Madison back, but it sounds like he might not even start anyways. They might have gone with Ty Chandler, who had a really good game against Cincinnati. Um, and then on the defensive side, they're banged up as heck. They've got Harrison Phillips, DNP with a back injury. Daniil Hunter's got an illness. Uh, Byron Murphy's got a hamstring. Jonathan Bullard's got an ankle. He's banged up. They are very much a shell of the, the version of the Vikings. You would have seen if the schedule were normal and we had like a September, October or normal, like week three lions game, you know, uh, they are a, a shell of it. So it is. It is it is the Nick Mullins experience, and it probably will be for both of these games. I, I kind of doubt, unless something really, really catastrophic happens, I doubt that Nick Mullins will, will be benched uh, the way Do- Josh Dobbs was. And if it is, it would go to Jaron Hall and not Dobbs. Um, so we're just kind of trying to like, piece together whatever we can with duct tape and bubble gum <laughs> while the Lions go forward, but it's the Lions. I mean, the great bounce back against the Broncos, but this last like kind of month of football hasn't been nearly as good as things were in the start. So I guess my question is, do you feel OK about things now that they had their bounce back game, or are we still worried about like Jared Goff and turnovers?
1: Um, no, I, I mean, I think that knowing that you've got this indoor run in you, knowing that they know the focus has to be on Minnesota and winning both of these games and continuing to try to climb up the ladder in the NFC and Philadelphia is struggling right now. And, man, what if they went into Dallas and won? And what if they got a two-seed and could host not one but two playoff games? It's I think it the to them. Yeah, it's there. And, yeah, golf looked really good Saturday night. Of course, like we said two weeks ago in Chicago, we looked really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, But, again, in New Orleans three weeks earlier, uh he saved the day because the defense couldn't stop anybody with a couple of short passes that 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 got them uh into kneel-down range and and they and they hammered out a win. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster the last four or five weeks, but in no sense do I think anybody or anybody in the fan base is going, Oh, Hendon Hooker's been activated as the third quarterback? Put him in there. No, this is the guy that <laughs> has got you to what 18 and five over the last 23 games or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, come on. So he's still really good and and that minnesota defense has been man what a job brian flores has done oh yeah uh you know if there's a coordinator of the year award he should get it i mean he's there done, is yeah he's, he's done great so um but I, I think people realize man this division's been bad <laughs> second place is 500 uh just go in there and get it get the win and get the division and you know do do your job so um mm-hmm fine. This has been a weird year for you guys though, right? I mean that it has been even that bears game on Monday night. My goodness. Like, Oh my goodness gracious. Well, and,
0: and then they, you know, they decided that they weren't going to bench the quarterback after that. And that decision lasted three quarters. Um, so they, they, it's, yeah, it's, it's been every week is its own little challenge (laughs) with the Vikings. One other interesting thing to, to bring up here though. I was going to say one other thing. Yeah. I watched the game
1: Saturday and like Chandler's, re- he looked great. Then, yeah. so what? Then the, the, why stop giving him the ball? <laughs> like, I don't want to see Mullins and play action in the red zone. If Chandler's g- gouging uh, the bra- yeah. the Bengals, keep going to him. That kid looked good.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm saying um, they they were running the ball like crazy on the Bengals. And they the offensive line for the first time in you know 15 years has been the strength of the Vikings offense. Pass protection has been fantastic with all these backup quarterbacks behind it. The run game has been well blocked a lot. And I think the running backs have been more of the, the talker when it doesn't work. It's, you know, did we see the right holes? Did we fumble a lot? And turnovers and stuff have been huge for the Vikings. Um, they are one in seven when they lose the turnover battle and they're six and O when they tie it or win it. So wow. that, that has been like the story of the Vikings. Everything else is window dressing. They can't stop coughing the dang ball up, but what's interesting here. And then we can get into matchups. If the lions split this series with the Vikings. So we go one and one lions win the division. There is like a really good chance that there is a third matchup.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we're at three and four weeks. Well, here are the options, Luke, and I know where you're going with this. Uh, the, the options for the Lions are you see a team three times in four weeks, which is very dangerous, especially because the Lions. So,
0: such an equalizer.
1: It is. But the other option is if you're a Lions fan, do you want to see Matthew Stafford coming back into your building as you are celebrating your first playoff game in your building in 30 years? Oh, man, and I think you need he, that. Here he comes. Here's McVay versus Goff. Here's Aaron Donald, who you didn't draft years ago. I want no part of that. I'd rather see really. Oh, I would want to run three times in four weeks. Trust me.
0: Hey, I would love to do a third crossover. You best <laughs> believe. But I, I feel like you you need to exercise the demon. No, like get He's beat Matt Stafford in, in the wild card
1: round the it, with I mean, a broken Rams team as part of the schedule. So. Oh, wow! Well, I don't know. You'll get that. You break, yeah, that is interesting. Exercising the demons. I never thought about it.
0: It's that. I mean, you need to get right with God. That's <laughs> that's the Lions problem. Oh, all right. Man. So fascinating coordinator matchup here with Ben Johnson and Brian Flores, two guys that'll probably get a lot of head coaching interviews and plus other matchups we got to talk about. That is all coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you. By FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It is a great time to get into FanDuel so that if you would like to watch football instead of talking to your family this holiday season, you can give yourself a great reason to do that. If you're new to FanDuel, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet, which means you can pick a heavy favorite, put 5 bucks on that money line, go to fanduel.com slash locked on or enter code locked on. Uh, to claim that. And then assuming that that favorite wins, you get 150 bucks back. That's 30 to one odds on a heavy favorite money line. You're not going to see odds like that anywhere else. So go get this while the getting is good. Uh, FanDuel has spreads, player props, over-unders, all kinds of other wacky stuff you can all shove into your weird parlays. I know you all love to do that. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get going. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Moving right along with this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Vikings and Locked On Lions here with Matt Derry. I am Luke Braun. Tell me about Ben Johnson. In particular, if Ben Johnson takes a head coaching job with the Chargers, which feels inevitable, uh <laughs> I, I just I don't know, it just makes sense. Uh then are you worried that the lions will lose the, the key to what makes has made them successful or is Ben Johnson just what happened? You know, the guy that happens to be flying a really cool plane.
1: No, I, I, <laughs> I think lion fans should be worried, but again, they got very lucky. We all did when he didn't take a head coaching job this past off season. I think everybody thought, Oh, he's gone.
0: Yeah. Indy
1: Carolina, whatever. And I know there's a lot of talk in Charlotte because he's a Carolina guy. By going back oh. down there. I, but I don't see it. I think he knows that's a that's a complete uh, belief show down there mm. and he's not involved. The Charger thing is interesting. I still think Bill Belichick could have a chance at that LA job. Yeah, that's the other one. Don't rule Jim Harbaugh out uh, there. He's a big <laughs> Justin Herbert fan. I know Harbaugh is so weird and that could, who knows? But every year there's always a rumor. But yeah, I, I, he's just done a really good job. He and Jared Goff have a tremendous chemistry. The last month, and you talked about this, where the up and down stuff, some of the play calls have been a little bit shaky. It hasn't been that same offense that has had a great rhythm. This past Saturday, they went back to three-step drops, get it out of his hands, crossing routes with St. Brown, uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs out wide, pulling some of his guards and tackles, and it looked like a Ben Johnson offense from last year. So he's very, very good. No, it's not just flying a nice plane with him. I think he's been a huge key. And you're right. I love what you what you said about the matchup this week because you've got a guy in Brian Flores that mm-hmm. arguably these are the two best coordinators in the game uh, going head to head. Ben's done really well, and like we said, I mean, Goff has made amon Ross St. Brown into a star. Mm-hmm. Laporte is a top three or four tight end, and he's only a rookie. Um, you got to give Ben Johnson a lot of credit uh, for that. I mean, with Flores, I mean, did you expect you and I talked before the season? I mean, did you did you expect this this quickly that a lot of these young guys were playing this well?
0: I kind of figured like, look, the coaching was really bad last year and not just that it was a Fangio scheme and and that had its weaknesses, but that they they were not well coached last year. They were not communicating. They were busting coverages. They were dropping to the wrong depths. They were an unorganized defense, and that's why the the coaching was kind of halfway cleared out. They did keep a couple of assistants. Um, So I kind of figured, all right, if Flores is halfway decent at teaching the corners where they're supposed to be, they're going to get a little better. Um, but this is different because Flores has invented something entirely new. I've done a ton of content on it on my end. So Lions fans, if you want, you should go listen to a couple of locked on Vikings. If you want to go scout the enemy in particular, check out yesterday's episode of locked on Vikings because Cincinnati finally figured out figured out the code and they actually put on, I think a pretty good blueprint to beating this Flores defense and they're the first team to do it. But it is a new thing. It is not just the Belichick scheme. He's taken stuff from Pittsburgh Panthers in college and Pat Narduzzi. He has been putting together something that is super different and allows them to blitz 50, 60% of the time without exposing himself to a lot of those same risks. There is risk when you have five guys in coverage, there's going to be holes in the coverage. Um, but it's not like what you would see on the back end with, say, the Buccaneers when the Lions play the Buccaneers. I'm in the middle of watching that game right now. They'll play man-to-man on the back end of their blitzes because they got crazy corners, right? So they're really happy with that. Um, The Vikings usually will do a lot of zone stuff, and it's a lot of college-looking zone coverages behind these blitzes that makes it a little bit harder to figure out what's going on and makes it harder for quarterbacks to process. So my question has always been in these crossovers, A, how fast is your offense at uh, executing? Is, is Jared Goff taking too long in the pocket? Is that a thing? Or is he really quick to get the ball out and really efficient with his footwork? And then B, what is the blitz counter? What do you guys like to do when you know you're going to get a whole bunch of blitzes?
1: Well, two things. Number one, as long as Frank Ragnow is in the game, this offensive line just hums. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a totally different team when he's out. He had a meniscus thing a couple weeks ago, had a minor surgery, and he was back last week. I mean, it's unheard of. He's had a toe issue. He's had an ankle issue. But he is as good a center as there is in this sport. And when he's not there, and they've got to move Glasgow over from right guard to center, and the who knows who plays right guard, a Awosika or doll. it's its its a mess. Uh, and the O-line's good. Don't get me wrong. Sewell's good. And Te- Decker's good. Jonah Jackson's going to command a ton of money this offseason uh, as a free agent left guard. But they just run, doesn't matter if you blitz, doesn't matter if you rush three and drop eight, this offensive line goes as Ragnow's out there. So that's a huge part of it is he, he recognizes things, he makes the calls as the center. You know, this guy's coming here, this gap, whatever. That's number one. And number two, I think a, a big blitz, uh, you know, kryptonite could be Jameer Gibbs. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, quick stuff to Gibbs, uh, a screen, uh, even if golf is hurried and has to lob it over, over the end to get it to Gibbs, uh, on a little swing pass, Jameer can go. I mean, I, I was one that was against drafting a running back at 12 when it happened, Luke, I was like, what are they doing? This is a 1985 running back at 12 middle linebacker at 18 and Jameer Gibbs is the real deal. So that's something you th- think about with Flores is all right, if we send the house and don't get there. Gibbs could go 70 yards on a, on a screen or a swing pass. Just a little dump off out of the backfield. He's he's a blitz buster for sure.
0: That's really interesting. So the the blitz strategy is not just sending more guys. It is basically guaranteed to get a free rusher because if it, there are a lot of players that will go, but only if their man stays into protect. So if you want to say, oh, there's a blitzer, bring in another guy. We will bring one too, and that means that you can you know have seven in protection, and suddenly we've got four guys left in coverage. Right. <laughs> so, like you and and that can be exploitable if you kind of know what you're what you're playing with, but there will be unblocked rushers. So, yeah, is it just like a dump things off to the running back? That can be an interesting strategy. The Vikings, then it comes down to can the Vikings tackle? And the Vikings secondary, I have to shout them out in all of these. So much better than anybody ever anticipated. Guys like Cam Bynum, not a household name. He's been tackling like crazy, crazy, crazy well. Uh, and he has at, at one point led the league in or er, in tackles. Um, and they weren't safety tackles, you know, after 25 yard gains, he's coming down off the roof and making these tackles for a gain of three, uh, same with the cornerbacks of Caleb Evans, Byron Murphy, Makai Blackman, Josh Metellus has been a revelation as a sort of safety linebacker hybrid. He was a really, he was a really
1: good player at Michigan. Very underrated, very, very chess piece. Um,
0: yeah. and Kind of the way I don't remember if the Lions use Jaron curse that way, but the Vikings use Jaron curse that way. But like kind of built in that same uh, mold of versatility, but with the humility to say, I will do whatever you want and I'll learn whatever I need to learn. And I'll play. He'll play at edge rusher. He'll play at strong safety. He'll play at, uh, you know, and at, at Mike linebacker. He'll do everything. So it's been super awesome. And all these guys have been really sound tacklers. And that's really the coaching thing. That uh I think Flores has done the best job with is getting these guys to tackle and D backs coach dorante Jones as well.
1: Well, they you've drafted 17 defensive backs the last two years. <laughs> <I> oh <hope> you <laughs> yeah, all them in day three.
0: That's <laughs> Cliff Evans is a round four guy. Josh Mattel is round six, Cam oh Bynum, round four. A couple of free agents and Harrison Smith, and there's your secondary. There you go. I love it. I love it. Um but I think we need to also flip to the other side of the ball. Well, we I, I wonder what you expect from Aiden Hutchinson. We were talking before the show um, and apparently he's had a little bit of a quieter time. Well, he might get a backup right tackle now. So we'll see uh, just who we need to to see step up for each of these teams to win And more vaguely. Uh, just the keys to victory. Big game for everybody. So how can they take this one? That's coming up. Today's Crossover Thursday episode of the Locked on Vikings podcast and the Locked on Lions podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. If you are in the middle of a game, you don't want to get up and you know go get food if you're hungry. If you want to. Oh, yeah, there you go. Got a little good that, that <laughs> Matt, Matt has a, a bag right there. Uh, you don't want to have to get up and make food. There's a game on just order that and have it. Delivered right to your door, and for me, I don't know about you, Matt, but for me, it's been a great way to get to know some of the local mom and pop stops around my area that I never would have stumbled across otherwise. These hole in the wall places on a road you never go down. Um, I've got a Korean barbecue place that's my main squeeze right now that I think I'm probably gonna grab right as soon as we are done. Uh, (laughs) so check out DoorDash, and if nothing else, use it to get to know your neighborhood a little bit better. If you want to download the app, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Home stretch here on this crossover Thursday episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Who is your X factor? Who is the the player that if if he has a good game you win, if he has a bad game you lose?
1: I mean, you you just said it before. When the Vikings turn the ball over, it's it's a mess, and and you know that's been a big issue all year. Obviously, the Dobbs would seem like seven interceptions the other day. A couple yeah, weeks ago the, the, the Bears game. Yep, he finally got benched and mm-hmm. all this. But, but two like, bad ones and a
0: half against the Bengals on Saturday it's i mean I it's guess. yeah what a
1: roller coaster but but in all honesty exhausting yeah <laughs> the defense has been better the last few weeks uh yeah the bears game wasn't great but but i think this past saturday night there's some momentum here there's some guys like Josh Pascal uh Ifeatu who all of a sudden is a starting safety for this team is starting to step up but to me this feels like one of those Aiden Hutchinson games where you mentioned hmm. if O'Neal doesn't play and it's a backup uh, right tackle out there. Move Hutch to that side and let him go to work. I just feel like we're getting toward the end of the year. You look at the sack numbers. It's not all about sacks. You got to get pressures, hurries, you know, as if it's just, just sacks. And that's, you know, not, not the end-all be-all. But I think a big sack game, a couple of sacks, a two-and-a-half sack game for Hutchinson could be in the cards this week to kind of really rev up this defense on the road. If He's going against a backup. Let him go. He's clearly the best edge on this team there really isn't a second. I mean, there, yeah, there are second edges and third and fourths, but <laughs> the guy that makes it go is, is 97. And I think that uh, I could see, I could see him making a play strip sack, something on the road, maybe in a tight game that t- to kind of turn the tide. What about, uh, what about for you guys?
0: I, the easy answer is Mullins, but it feels like cheating to say the quarterback. Um, so I'm going to say Jordan Addison. I mean, look, Justin Jefferson's back. He came back with a vengeance on, uh, on Saturday against Cincinnati, had all kinds of crazy games uh, had, or all kinds of crazy catches, more crazy catches and a couple of them in Vegas before he went out with a, with a chess thing that turned out to be more, luckily pretty minor. Um, he'll do his thing, right? J.J. will be J.J. And if like how the Lions approached Justin Jefferson was like the key difference between the game that they won last year and the game that they lost. Um, against the Vikings that they in the game that they won, they let Justin Jefferson go off for 100 yards and just managed to win the game anyways. And the game that they lost, they overprioritized him. That's kind of always what I what I thought about the Lions. But now with jo- Jordan Addison, if he can go off, he can punish the Lions in whatever way they decide to try and handle uh, Justin Jefferson. I think the same thing goes for for TJ Hawkinson, who we haven't Talked about you. Yeah, we kind of already had this, the revenge game thing in the uh, the the last matchup after the trade deadline and stuff, but he has been a guy that the this offense runs through, especially when JJ went down. But even before that, the offense is in a similar way to not to compare the two guys, but in a similar way to the way the Chiefs treat Travis Kelsey, where you can follow him and you can see where the play is going. Um, either he's the lead blocker or he's the first read so 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 often, and in so many clutch situations. If it's third and five, you best believe it's wide choice. Sure, that is their favorite thing to do, or wide delay. They, if it's third and fifteen, they're throwing it to TJ Hawkinson, and that they've actually had incredible success doing that. So, if the lions can take Justin Jefferson out of the game by capping him over the top, doing the thing. Everybody always does. Somebody else has to step up and do this. If nobody else steps up, then I think things will just fall apart. Nick Mullen starts to force passes. He shouldn't force. We start to see the turnovers and you can kind of see this go down. Um, so it's going to come down to, I think somebody in that receiving core that isn't Justin Jefferson. If somebody else can decide they're going to have a day, then yeah, I think the Vikings can go, can, can take a win in a, in a, in a winter whiteout, by the way. I hope the Lions don't wear their grays. I
1: I will never forgive them. A winter whiteout. What are, uh, you guys? Uh... It's a,
0: they're gonna wear all whites. White the end zones. White the logo. Yeah, all the fans will wear white. There, it's like a whole thing. So oh, the Lions will wear like their home uniform, or maybe they're they're all blues would be a pretty sick I, look if I they wear hope... their all grays. I'm gonna be really mad.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, because you can never tell apart the teams. But they did that with Miami last year. I'm still I remember. Mad about remember. Yes, yeah. But you bring up good points, and I like the Vikings' depth in terms of their weapons better than what we saw this past Saturday night with the Broncos. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Cam Sutton went at it, and Cam won that battle and had a great PFF wow. score and and had a good week. And then after that, it was sort of you know Jerry Judy a little bit, but there was nothing else that was really going to scare you. Now the Vikings have some some good depth there, like you mentioned with Addison, um, and, and I think that from that standpoint, yes, I mean the Lions. Right now, the Lions' number two cornerback, I have no idea who it is. I I mean, Brian Mm -hmm. Branch has played some slot corner. He's excellent as a rookie. But that other outside corner, is is Jerry Jacobs healthy? Is it going to be Kendall Vildor, who they got from the Bears? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's playing a lot. And and so they need to get uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, which he's now practicing, could be back Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. Then you move Melifan, back to corner, I think, or something of that nature. They want him on the field somewhere. Uh, but right now, yeah, I mean, Jacobs is not 100%. Uh, Vildor has played a lot of snaps the last two weeks. Remember, they lost Emmanuel Mosley, came back from a torn ACL and played like one snap and tore his other ACL. So, <laughs> if there is a weak spot, it, it, it's that cornerback spot. Um, uh, uh, Khalil Dorsey played a lot this past week. Um, Will Harris has kind of been banished, he's a veteran, but he only played a few snaps. So. I, I would, I think your call of Addison, he might be a guy that has a big day. I think that's a good call.
0: I think it's what will have to happen. And I think if you don't get anything from there, I don't really see how the Vikings can, can take this one. Look, the Vikings are underdogs here. I think last I looked at FanDuel, they were uh, three and a half point underdogs. So field yep. goal and the hook point to the Lions on the road. That's Vegas saying that the Lions are very clearly a tier above. Um, do you agree with that? I mean, look, I'm not going to ask you to predict this division games always get weird, right? Upsets happen more in division games. These two teams know each other. It's just the way it goes. Um, but do you think that I get, I guess I want to hear you just talk a little bit about are the lions, the true contender that they've been made out to be in the media here. And if so, how does that feel? It's been a minute. (laughs) It's been a forever.
1: (laughs) I don't see the lions going into week 18 Uh, Two and three in the division. I don't. I think they're going to win this week. I do. I I think that they are all business. I think they're off. They got some momentum here. Um, They can run the football uh, with Montgomery and Gibbs. And I and I like. I like them to win this game. Uh, True contender and how excited we should be. Let's go back to the start of the year and go look. the, The goal was win the division, host a home playoff game, and hopefully win that. And then after that, who knows. Now you got fans saying, well, can we hit the two seed? Are we better than Philly? Are we better than Dallas? Is it the Niners and us? And it's like, hold on a second. This was a team two weeks ago. They got embarrassed at Soldier mm-hmm. Field. I mean, they played Bear Down Chicago Bears a lot on that day. So um, I think they're a really good team. I think they are one of the better teams in the NFC, which is a bad conference, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like, If you can get the two, that'd be great. I don't think they're as good as Philly. I think Philly gets well the next three weeks with their bad schedule and easy schedule. But I think the Lions, if they were to clinch now, would kind of be apropos. They are the best team in the division, and they should go in there and win this week.
0: I look forward to taking whatever bad thing befalls the Lions next and leveraging it in bad faith to disparage (laughs) your favorite team. Uh, And you know what? That's because I respect you as a division rival. Finally, hey. the lions are the fourth team in the division. It's no longer a three team race. Like it was literally my whole life.
1: I know, I know. I used to get tooled on on all those, all those preview shows with, uh, with Pete, <laughs> my hate is a compliment and Lauren and how are you and Pete getting along? How's that going? Oh, you know, it's, I, I actually just
0: went on uh locked on sports today. Uh, Wednesday's edition of it. All um, right all right we'll we'll see that. we'll see he's it was, asking it was, you
1: to go on there I, the, yeah you're, you're, the two of you <laughs> are rivals so i like it's but, yeah
0: it's because it, it, whenever it gets too late and i'm up late <laughs> so I <even> know <laughs> he, he knows he life. knows he can get you I yeah
1: it. i love it uh what so you went real fast because i know we got to go but what do you think the vikings have a shot do you, do you what, what do you do you have a sense of it what do you think
0: I think I don't know which is which, but I think they split and I think the season comes down to if they can beat the Packers. I, I don't see them getting swept, I, I but they are looking at this and saying, all right, sweep the Lions, win the division more or less. Let's go. Let's just win out like that's their wow. mentality. We'll see, though. They uh, they need to get through a game clean and they haven't done that since Kevin O'Connell got here. So I'm growing more and more critical of the coaching. We'll, we'll take more stock at the end of the season, however things end. But there's there's a long, long way to go. Yeah. We'll see if they can win on Christmas Eve first. So I hope you, you all have a great holiday. Matt, thank you so much. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Right, Rain, Luke. snow, or shine. Yes. And we'll see, uh, we'll see you all next time.